what one piece of advice would you give yourself? Rock even harder. Just go all in. You know, like I, I always went all in, but if I could go back, I was like, bro, just go even more. <laughs> Keep fucking running till you die. It's because it's crazy best time ever. Welcome to the Nomad Podcast, where we discuss inspiring stories of lifestyle transition and how to thrive in a location-independent existence. Nomad Podcast is supported in part by Nomad Prep, an online academy to help aspiring digital nomads make a successful transition. And now here's your host, Sean Tierney. Facebook hates Ollie Nold. They hate him because he's cracked the code for how to leverage their platform for promoting businesses effectively without actually paying Facebook a dime. Ollie has since replicated his methods on neighboring platforms LinkedIn and Instagram and is now teaching others how to apply these techniques for obtaining breakout results in their own businesses. In this episode, Ollie shares the four tumblers that unlock viral visibility for posts on LinkedIn, his process for outsourcing specific aspects of social media, the main pillars of the Traffic Secrets Academy course, insights about the role of emotion in selling, and an ingenious hack that will change how you share your videos on Facebook and enable deep insight into who is interacting with your videos. If you're using any of these platforms to promote your business, you're in for a treat with today's episode because it's full of actionable ideas that you can go put into practice immediately. So I'm very excited to share this, but before we dig into it, please listen to a quick word with our sponsor. It's important to have travel insurance as a nomad because stuff happens while we're on the road. And while we hope for the best, we need to always plan for the worst. If you're investigating insurance options, check out Safety Wing. Safety Wing is travel medical insurance specifically designed for nomads. Unlike other providers, you can buy it when you're already on the road and you don't need to continuously update them on when and where you're going next. You just have one monthly subscription that covers you wherever you go for both travel and medical. And if you shop around, you'll find it's about a third of the price of other providers. Visit nomadpodcast.com slash safety wing to get a quote today. And now here's the interview. All right, hey everybody. Welcome to the Nomad Podcast. I am your host, Sean, and I'm sitting here with Oliver Nold. Oliver is co-founder of Homeless and Happy. He and his partner Lisa met in Hanoi, Vietnam two and a half years ago and left their nine to five sedentary lives behind to explore the world. They have been traveling ever since doing online business coaching, organic social media traffic and automated sales funnels serving clients all over the world. They run the Traffic Secrets Academy, a Facebook group with over 5,000 entrepreneurs where they teach their business strategies. And these strategies have already helped hundreds of online entrepreneurs build their respective empires. Welcome, Ollie, to the show. What an intro. Thank you very much. <laughs> Appreciate awesome. it. Uh, so psyched to have you here. So let me just give some context in terms of how we met each other. Uh, we met, I believe, a week ago. You guys were doing a course uh, in association with the Startup Lisboa Incubator. Right. And it was an excellent course. Uh, came up to you afterwards just because you guys really know your stuff. And so Thank I'm you. excited to have you on the show. Thank you, man. Cool. So I, th I figured let's start with, uh, can you tell people what you do? Yeah, I, I just read those three things, online business coaching, organic social media, and automate sales funnels. What does that mean? That's a very good question. Something <laughs> I ask myself every day. <laughs> uh, so we, we're kind of like, um, let's say over the last two years, we became um, known as the experts for organic growth hacking. Because we used to build startups. Myself, I used to build startups in the offline world and then kind of like took that in the online world. Um, my journey uh, started like six years ago as a, as a nomad. The journey with Lisa started like two and a half years ago. But when I started with Lisa and we founded Homeless and Happy, um, the main focus was actually to help others to do exactly the same, right? So we were like, okay, we help you to build your startup online so you can travel and work remotely. After a while, we figured out that a lot of people or like everyone doesn't have kind of like a budget for, for marketing, you know, like when you start off and every, no one has money for ads and stuff like that. So we became kind of like the experts for organic grow hacking because we figured out some tactics, how you can get brand awareness, how you can get seen out there without paying for ads, which was never really the goal of the company, but it kind of like funneled into that. And obviously everything else that goes along with, with, you know, like the funnels, the uh, automation in the background and all that. So organic grow hacking is our thing, uh, includes like the brand awareness and how to get seen on social media these days. Cool. And is it for any specific like industry or any specific social media? Are you guys kind of spanning all forms of social media? We're kind of like, I mean, um, 
it doesn't matter what industry you're in, right? So um, the only thing I would say is like, you have to have a high ticket product, right? If, you, if you're selling like low ticket, our tactics are not ideal. Mm -hmm. um, and what do you define as a high ticket? Thousand dollar and plus, okay. usually, okay. right? Because the, what we teach involves work. If you don't put money in ads, you're going to work for it. Right. And if you want to work for it, you want to have a certain amount of outcome, right? So we do um, brand awareness. So, so we help brands to get seen more better, which is probably more in a low budget region that works as well. Mm -hmm. But if you are like in e-com or stuff like that, then we're not the right ones. Everything else, perfect. We're here. Okay, cool. Well, and I love that you're, you're basically, you have a similar mission that I do and that you're helping people make this work so that they can then go nomadic and, exactly. and travel around. <laughs> yeah. So it's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So is there, can you start at a high level? Is there any kind of like grand overarching, you know, theory of what you're doing in terms of growth hacking or what, yeah, what, what just maybe you talk about it. To be very honest, it's, it's, it's super simple. Um, what I figured out is that people, when they do online business and they drop into online business, they think it's a different world because we have a screen in front of us. All I did was like everything I learned in the offline world where I was like, you know, like involved in startup building and running companies. I took everything I learned there and put it in the online world. And I'm saying it's exactly the same. So be generous, be nice, you know, like uh, show respect, you know, like just the, the, the interact, socialize, go out there, go in communities, bring these people back in your community. It's very, it sounds super simple, but what I learned is like people are like, oh, now we got a screen in front of us, we're online. Oh, everything is different. Yeah, I was just gonna say everything is described as like what I think of the antithesis of social yeah. media these days. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So we, we try to keep it as real as possible. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And what are, are, are you you run this traffic secrets academy and there's yeah. 5000 plus people there yeah. so you get a lot of exposure to people when they come in what are they doing wrong what's like the most common mistake that you see being made not being consistent um, that's probably like the most uh, the most common mistake that people give up too early um, what we see a lot is like also people are getting lost out there because of having too many opportunities so if you imagine um, when we were like in the offline world, you know, like you were locally based in one region and it's like, okay, that's just what we do and that's where we are. Now we have the internet and we have so many opportunities. So I meet up with people, they're like, they're starting their journey and like, oh, I go into dropshipping. That's cool, okay, do it. And then two weeks later, you meet them again. It's like, oh, I do social media marketing now. Three weeks later, oh, I go into crypto. You know, like it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like people are getting lost out there because it's too much. So for the beginners, we're definitely like, you know, like, Choose one, stick to it, and go with it. Yeah, it's consistency. Do you have any advice for the people that are literally at that level where they're just they could do anything for, in terms of choosing a niche? So you've already got the one filter of it's got to be more than a thousand dollar item. But what other? How do you winnow down that choice? Be passionate about and check if there is a need. You know, mm -hmm. if there is no need for, then you're not going to sell it. But if you're not passionate about, it's not going to make any sense. Then you can go back in your nine to five. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's, it's like this, this healthy mix between, obviously, even if you run an online business, you have to do things you're not passionate about because you're running a business. That's every business. It doesn't matter offline or online. But if you are finding your niche by doing something you're really passionate about and there is a need for, it's going to work out. Cool. Um, can you talk about, there was a slide during your talk and it was the, the one where there was like a trifecta of your profile, the business page, mm -hmm. and then the group. Can mm -hmm. you help people understand how those things fit together? Because that's something that I had always been kind of foggy on. Like what's the difference between a business page and a group? Right. When do you use which? Right. That's it's literally exactly what I kind of like mentioned before. Uh, I call it the triangle principle um, because you have to, uh, talking Facebook. Just talking Facebook. Yeah. You have three things on Facebook. You have a business page, you have a personal profile, and there is a group, mm -hmm. right? These are the three main things on Facebook. Literally like nothing else exists. So we compare these three things, and that's what I said. That's when I realized when, when I was putting my strategies from the offline world into the online world, I was like, there is no difference, especially by using Facebook. Um, the personal profile is your business card nothing else. Mm -hmm. It's in the real world, you will go to conferences, meetups, like-minded people, interact, socialize, introduce yourself, give a business card. That's what your personal profile is. The business page is your pitch. 
that's your kind of like your flyer. Let's imagine you open up a store, a shoe store down the road, and you would go, when you start off with that, you would go like every day up and down the road and give flyer to people like, oh, we just opened 20%, 50, whatever, you know, like that's kind of like the business page. And the group is your physical store in the real world. That's where you want to bring all the people. So all you do, you go on that 2.4 or 5 uh, billion network of people into the right street, which means into the right niche, go there, introduce yourself to your business card, but only with your business card, because you would never have a business card. You know, like if you introduce you to me and they give me your business card and on there is like, oh, today we do 20% discount. You right. would never do that on a business card. There's no pitch. Just right. introduce yourself, funnel them into your store, let them know, oh, I have that store. Probably whenever you need shoes, you probably want to come to my store, you know, like yeah. whatever it is and use the business page as an advertisement tool. Okay. And that's long story short, exactly how we work. Got it. Okay, so thinking in terms of that way, then the funnel is basically the business card to the business page, the business page gets them into the group, and yeah. the group is where you actually do the selling. We want to funnel all the traffic, all the traffic into the group, which is our store. Yeah. That's where we have, want to have our customers, right? And then from there, uh, the only difference offline to online is we don't want to sell in the group. Usually we never sell in the group or which we would do in a store where we take them outside of the store, which is a sales funnel mm -hmm. and do the sales outside of social media. Social yeah. media is not a place to do sales. Yeah. That's why I call it social media. Usually, obviously we can, but it usually never works out. Got it. Cool. And you, you said something interesting. I had never heard this before, but you said Facebook will offer you the option to couple your store or your, your business page with your group. And you mm -hmm. said never do that. Yeah. Why is that? <laughs> That's an interesting one. Um, uh, it's because talking about organic growth, what we're specialized on, um, not using paid traffic. Facebook gives you these features to, to couple um, your group and your business page. Because what happens then if you do that, it lowers the outreach of your group um, because then the algorithm looks at it as a tool to monetize because it's connected to a business page. The business page is always a tool to monetize. That's where the paid traffic goes on. That's why it's connected to the uh, business manager, which is included in the ad manager and so on and on and on. So if you go, if you play by their rules, they will lower your organic outreach uh, because it's, it's exactly works like Google. It's a keyword search, you know, like it's, it goes, you want to be ranked on page one, blah, 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 exactly the same like on Google. But if you rank them together, they want you to pay for outreach. If you disconnect them, your organic outreach goes way up mm -hmm. because the algorithm doesn't look at it as a tool to monetize. Got it. And Facebook, at the end of the day, is a business. They're just trying to extract money out of sure. businesses, right? Sure. So that's <laughs> Mr. Zuckerberg didn't do that. He might be doing it for fun at the beginning, but now he wants his billions back, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so that's a that, that was a nugget that I took from your talk, is that never make that linkage. And they're very good about, I feel like, leading you, just making it easy to make that yeah. linkage because they see, oh, this is related to this. Would you yeah. like to couple exactly. them together? So. Facebook wants you to pay yeah. on it. Facebook doesn't like us because we show people how to do it without paid advertisement, right? Sure. So, but they really, they really want you to pay because, as I said, and which is understandable, at one point they want to have their money back. I'm always like, that's a massive network out there. It's like the biggest social media network out there, and it's completely free. Yeah. Imagine that, you know, like it's crazy, and it's all free. So. Do you guys ever, you know how it offers, like if you do a post and the post does really well, it'll always say, do you want to boost this because it can do even better. Mm -hmm. Do you guys do that or is that a, a no, no? Every now and then. Uh -huh. Every I do it very specifically. Um, let's say right now it's a very good example because we're in Lisbon, right? Lisbon is a kind of like a small place, but we have a very high target audience here. So many entrepreneurs, so many inspiring people who are interested in our topics. So instead of me running around and share that post manually everywhere I, and I see a post goes well, I definitely boost that one, okay. you know, but only I'm only boosting that post to people in Lisbon who are interested in social media marketing, maybe in the web summit, you know, like just like high target people in here. Yeah. And I smashed that maybe to 500,000 people in Lisbon. Got it. Yeah. And then it's worth to pay like 20 or 30 bucks. Cool. Yeah. I've noticed 
recently, or at some point I know that I could do ads that would target people, let's say for insurance, like we're in the in the space here with Remote Year. Mm-hmm. This is a, a company that caters to nomads. And I used to be able to run ads where I would say, show me, like send this ad to people that like Remote Year. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed it doesn't give me that ability anymore. Did something change fundamentally or? Did you ever had the chance to show it to Remote Year? I'm pretty sure I could do it to, based on pages that they had liked because they still doing it uh-huh. but you have to be way bigger okay you know like um people who liked tony robbins or gandhi reviews that stuff still works okay. i believe i know remote year but i believe like it's too small okay that's probably why they why it's not showing up anymore but it's highly interesting i mean ads these days are highly interesting um i used to run i used to run a company um back home in switzerland when the like seven, eight years ago. And we did a lot of advertisement and it was a massive struggle because you advertise in a newspaper or in the cinemas, you know, like, and you don't know who's going to fucking see that shit, right? Yeah. You just have a, an idea of it. but And then Facebook specifically gives you the opportunity to advertise that to male people between 25 and 35 living in Lisbon, interested in blah blah blah. You yeah. know, like it's 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 highly interesting, but because it's so because it's so highly targeted, it's also very difficult. You know, like that's why a lot of people fail because they don't know their audience, and then they're like, oh, it's cool, I can smash that out to this and this person, uh, blowing money up, yeah, in the wind. Oh, and I'm sure Facebook loves it when you and do Facebook, that. Yeah. Facebook <laughs> loves it. I mean, there are so many. I know so many people who are blowing money on ads and not getting anything in return, and I'm like. I'm not against ads. I love ads. They're great. But yeah. get it in front of your target audience, know your audience, know how they act, learn everything about them, and then smash an ad on them. And then it will convert. Are there techniques to get to know an audience when you don't know who your audience is? Like, I'm, sm- I'm uh, this podcast goes out, you know, I, I know I have a, a listenership of X number of people. I don't know who they are, mm-hmm. but I, mean, I can guess who they are, but I don't know that for a fact. Like, do you have any techniques that you recommend for determining that? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking Facebook. We're going specifically through these pages and you leave you leave kind of like marks everywhere. You know, like you like that page, you commented on that post and then you did these and that and that. So the way we're setting things up are literally like following one profile and look what he does and then creating like our own organic lookalike audiences. Okay. It's it's pretty it's pretty complex and complicated. <laughs> um, if you dive into it, that would take us another five hours to explain it in detail. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, they are definitely strategies how to get to know them. And then it's interaction. You know, it's really, it's it's talking to these people. Yeah. It's like, and that's why I love groups because groups is like I get in front of, it doesn't even have to be my group. You know, like my group has like 5,000 people. That's still a small group. I don't see the reason why I, it grows organically, but I don't even see the reason why to grow it way bigger because there are people who already did that with similar target topics. So I got one group as an example. I get one group out there is 70,000 people in there. These are 70,000 leads for my topic. Yeah. So I go in there and I'm, I'm very well known in this group and I have I have a, an example or a question and I want to know does that work and I just put it in that group you know like in front of 70,000 people putting a simple question on it like would you like to blah 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 whatever and I get a massive interaction on it yeah. you know like and I get like, feel like maybe like 100 comments and I was like, that's 100 leads, you know, like, and then I go in a personal interaction with all of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, I know you showed in your talk one of them that had something like 600 comments on yeah. it, you know. And w- what is your strategy in that situation to not, you don't want to just like join a group and then post, you know, I feel like that's kind of intruding yeah. and you're being like unwelcome there yeah. when you do that. Like, yeah. what, what is your strategy to give value and then earn your right to be able right. to ask a question like that? It's exactly the same as I'm always saying, don't overcomplicate the process. Think about the real world. Would you go in the, you, you, in, in the real world, would you go in a big community and just stand on a chair and like, yeah, here I am. You know, like, yeah. look at me. You would never do that, right? Go in there, start to comment, create value, interact slowly, you know, like, Make sure people know you interact exactly the same like in the real world, you know, like show respect, 
be a bit like distant at the beginning and then people are like more and more oh who is that guy you know like oh I see him more often coming in that group and he gives really good comments and he, and then at one point probably smash a little post you know like and people are like oh that that was a good value bump you know like and they're like yeah. oh cool look at him and then you get to and then you work you, you have to work, work your way up yeah. as you do in the real world it's exactly it's, 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 re, it's exactly the same can you please teach a course to people on Reddit? <laughs> just, just etiquette, you know, just social media etiquette. <laughs> Maybe we should consider that. <laughs> it would have to be just kind of a public service. I don't know how much you'd make on it, but it would be great if you could do that. <laughs> cool. Um, so when a new client comes to you, like you guys do the Traffic Secrets Academy and mm -hmm. people pay for that. And then do you do consulting, like high dollar consulting for certain people that want from that? We do... Um, so it's, it's the Academy, which is a complete online course. And on top of that, we do group coachings. Mm -hmm. um, if you fit in the target, um, which do we, it's like weekly group coachings in a secret Facebook groups, masterminds and stuff like that, um, usually in a, on a yearly program. And on off top of that, yeah, it is possible to book us as a one-on-one, -on -one, but there we are like super picky, right. really like super picky. I do like, three to four clients a year um, is trading time for money. Right. And that's not what I, why I choose that job. You know what I mean? No, it's like, but it, but obviously, yeah, it's very interesting, but then it's, it needs to be someone who is like perfectly in our time. We're kind of like, cool. That's what we can do. Have you done any deals where you're aligning with them in the sense of like some type of performance bonus if you help them sell 5,000 units or whatever it is, like track your, your impact to, yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so for one of those deals in the in the, the, the you know the few that you do, how do you approach a new property? What are you looking at? As pres presumably you do some kind of audit up front where you're you know looking at things, but like what are you assessing when you first see a new property? So first things, I mean, these clients they're coming to us. We're not pitching to them. Right. You know, like if you come as a, if you come as a one-on-one -on -one client to us, uh, you come to us. We're usually not going to you mm -hmm. because that's not that's not how we work. Mm -hmm. we, we love the passive way. And um, from there, it's a step-by-step -step process. We usually start small. Um, I'm not allowed to talk too many details about my sure. high-taking clients, you know, yeah, no, but course. usually we start with, with a bit smaller, smaller packages and walk, we work our way up. You know, like, because if you do it the organic way, it's, sometimes it's pretty hard to, to do a forecast. Um, so I like to go in small, see what we can do, who do we hire, how many people do we need on the team to get the most out of it. Um, and then we, we walk our way up, step by step. But is there any, and I'm sure it's like unique for every case by case, it's always going to be different, but is there any system to it where, for instance, on day one, you're saying, okay, so we're looking at traffic and the sources of leads and, you know, the metrics of how their product and the funnel and all that. Mm -hmm. Is there just like a systematic means by which you kind of step through each person's situation yeah sure i mean we're, we're looking we're looking at we're looking at the traffic we're looking at the product we're looking at the conversion we're yeah. looking what is the situation right now and then we're looking okay how how big could that go in terms of how much potential is there by looking at the whole social media platforms and how many people are could probably show interest you know like um depending really depending on the topic and then we work our way up step by step and then after like a month we could, we have numbers because we track everything mm -hmm. absolutely every step i'm like every time when you're on social we track if you don't you know like it doesn't make any sense yeah. uh, but then we, we track and then we got quite a good idea what is possible and then we take it from there at the very beginning we're more in a consulting position because for me, that's also very important. I, I want my clients to learn what we do. Right. Um, and then when we see, oh, that works, we're going more in a, in a working position. And we're like, okay, that's not, now that's what we can do, right? We can, we, can, we can get you people on, like four to five people who are gonna do done that job. And that's, because then I can guarantee results. But at the beginning, I'm more in the consulting. It was like, I show you how, how guys how to do it. I'm looking and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, observing and I'm like I'm getting down the numbers I'm like okay that's going to be a big shot let's yeah. do it I mean that's a perfect scenario for you to be able to kind of step back and witness and see how it yeah. goes and then pick and choose who you want exactly yeah. and if, if I see it's not going to be 
that big, maybe not what I expected, then I'm not too proud to step away from it. You know, like probably I'm okay. I'm sorry. I, we did a good job here, but that's it. I'm not the right guy. So nice. next. So that's just fair enough, I believe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, what about, do you recommend, so if I come to you and I say, you know, this is what I'm trying to do and I want to do Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and YouTube and I've got all these things. Mm -hmm. Do you advocate picking just one and nailing that or is there a way to start, you know, broad and thin or how, how, mm -hmm. how do you approach it? I would say three or ideally. Mm -hmm. um, and I also teach three. I just only teach three. I, I teach Instagram, LinkedIn and um, Facebook. These are my three platforms. That's the that's the one we mastered so far. And I would never teach anyone uh, Twitter or Snapchat. I know about, obviously, I know a lot about the platforms, but I've never used it so much for my own business. Mm -hmm. So um, I believe like these three are the most popular one or not, they are the most popular one, but they're more, probably the most um, with the, with the most outcome, you know, like depending on what your business is, um, if you have to be on Instagram for social proof, you have to be on LinkedIn for business proof and you have to be on Facebook to get the audience. So if you get this three done, um, but yeah, obviously if someone shows up and says, look, I want to, I want to sell shirts to 14 year olds, um, then you want to go on Snapchat, you know, like, or if you are in the crypto business, oh, you want to be on Twitter. It really, it's depending, um, but in our cases like this three and they work perfectly together in terms of the algorithm facebook and instagram and linkedin in, in linkedin really yeah. i didn't realize that that was connected to facebook um linkedin has the exact same i just figured that out um about six months ago so on linkedin that's still kind of a new thing to us because we started off with facebook and instagram and realized oh that works perfectly and always kept an eye on linkedin and about six months ago i made this discovery where i figured out that uh, linkedin has exact the same algorithm like facebook had about two to three years ago and i started to use exact the same strategies i used on facebook two years ago and put them on LinkedIn and it worked perfectly. Um, so LinkedIn, in my opinion, is going to be the new thing. Okay. That's going to be like, um, and I love LinkedIn. It's great because everyone is like uh, business minded on there. You can actually pitch way harder and no one is offended. Um, it's still, a, it's, it's the wild, wild west um, because it's a four layer algorithm. So you have to break through the first three actually to get viral. But once you got through the first three, you're in front of a human being, which approves the post. Uh, once you're down there and you get it on a perfect, you know, either on an emotional or on a really good business advice, you smash that out and these things can go viral. We see conversions on LinkedIn. They were possible like three years ago on Facebook, but not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. What, okay, so you're talking about these four layers of mm -hmm. like breaking through. What can you deconstruct that? And I want to take a second to briefly pause here and tell you about an exciting project that I'm working on. I recently left my job of five years to go full time on a side project that I started called Charity Makeover. This is a hackathon that brings volunteer knowledge workers together to build game changing digital assets for local charities in a single day. Think of it like a habitat for humanity, only with virtual assets instead of physical houses. I recently deployed a platform that enables anyone to bring this movement to his or her city. If you think you might be interested in being the admin for your city, visit charitymakeover.org slash podcast to learn more. And now back to the interview. And what does that look like? Um, so it's, it's literally just like to explain it very simple. Um, I like to explain it on Facebook. On Facebook, uh, it's, and it's exactly the same on, on, on LinkedIn. Your post gets in front of hundred. Let's say you do a post. That post gets in front of hundred people, right? If this hundred people, uh, it doesn't matter if you have five hundred or five thousand friends on Facebook. It's always going to be in front of hundred people. And if these people are starting to interact, like and comment, the post breaks through the second layer where it's going to be shown to their friends, and then it's going to happen it's exactly the same. So it breaks it down over and over again through a group level as well. Uh, on LinkedIn, it was like that. They're changing it at the moment. So I don't uh, nail me down completely on that because they're getting more and more into automation. The fourth layer is still controlled by a human being, uh, which is then on LinkedIn, uh, which was on Facebook a while ago, is um, they look all over the world. You know, like if you have a friend in China who interacts and then uh, you have a friend in Malaysia and then one in Russia and then one in Colombia, 
as though you get it like spread all over the world, yeah. then this thing goes viral. Yeah. That's when that's when it gets in front of millions of millions of people, and that's how they get viral. Uh, in between, it's all about the shares as well. You know, like if a post gets shared, that's the best thing you can have that can happen to you. Got it. Okay, so LinkedIn and Facebook's goal yeah. is obviously engagement and yeah. people staying on the platform and interacting yeah. via the platform. So right. they're essentially A/B testing every post that goes out. They're mm -hmm. they're withholding most of the audience yeah. at first to just yeah. see how much it resonates. Right. And you're saying there's there's layers. It progressively unlocks mm -hmm. almost more like extenuated audiences right. from that. Right. Interesting. Right. The, the, the tricky thing is, you know, like if you act from your personal profile, it is pretty hard these days to go viral with the post. Um, that's why we love groups, because that's why we go in front of groups, because we can be like that specific post you said I showed on my presentation, which was just like about one or two months ago, was, was in a group of 20,000 people, but 20,000 uh, people who technically would show interest in our product because they're nomads, they're starting off and they want to do social media business, everything like that. That's why we like to go in group into groups because then it happens exactly the same. The algorithm works the same, but it's in a group. It's only in front of 20,000 people, right. you know, way easier to control. So once we, we, we look at that in the first about 10 minutes, one like a minute, then we know this thing starts to roll. Yeah. And then we need as, as soon as we see comments rolling in, we, we stay there for the first hour and we comment engage back, back yeah. engage back, engage back, engage back. And then we let it roll. And usually that's when you get like this hundreds and hundreds of likes and it gets in front of the whole community. And that's, yeah, yeah you know, the rest. That's <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I saw that slide. What, so that one that you did that had like the 600 comments mm -hmm. on it and you said you invested like what, an hour or? An hour, an hour of your yeah. time to create something that yeah. had that much return. What went into that? What What was your thinking? How did you craft that message? Uh, it was actually, you know, like usually when this uh, stuff goes viral, um, it works with emotions. Um, that was on a, that was like on our beginning of our Europe trip in Italy. I stayed on that um, beautiful uh, winery. And I woke up in the morning and I did like my morning sport. And after that, I uh, sat on my laptop and had a coffee. And I was like, just like inspired, you know, like to write something down. I was like, put that in a post so people know what you do, you know, like just w write it down and then don't overthink it and smash it out. Yeah. Usually that's how it happens. Yeah. Um, it's it's there's no magic formula for Sure. Yeah. Well, but I mean, what you said makes a lot of sense. And I've heard it from many people. And I would agree with you in sales that it's not the logical analytical thing that ever sells it. That's yeah. kind of like that justification needs to be yeah. there, but it's the emotion that sells it. And yeah. then that's just kind of like that Emotion. sanity check. Emotions are selling these days yeah. massively, but people smell bullshit. You know, like people smell when you're fake. Yeah. They actually know when you're fake. So just try to be real, you know, like speak from your heart, yeah. uh, but also make sure you get your message out there in terms of, look, I'm running a business, you know, like I'm, you know, you want to attract yeah. people. You just don't want to smash free content out there, which is nice. Yeah. But a lot of people waste a lot of time on social media by having amazing posts, amazing content, but they don't monetize it. And that's where the mistakes begin. You know, like people are like building communities and, and giving a lot of value. And so and they didn't, don't monetize it, you know, like and then you, I'm like, OK, that's not what, not yeah. what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not a business. At that point, right. So. How, okay, let me ask you, how delegable is this stuff? In other words, like you need to do it. You need to be in there as the entrepreneur, like knowing your audience, engaging and whatnot. But at some point that doesn't scale. You can't do that forever. Yeah, so right. at what point do you recommend that people, you know, do that up to X point and then extract themselves out of that? Mm, what is so that? You mean like outsourcing? Outsourcing. Yeah. Um, it, it really depends on the business. And it depends on how fast you grow and, or how fast you want to grow. I'm a big fan of outsourcing. I like to outsource as quick as possible. But I'm like, learn a process, test it, define it, write it down, outsource it. Mm -hmm. It's a simple step-by-step -step thing, you know? Like, And once you got the process defined, you know exactly how it works and you tested it a few times over and over again and then you have a proper description about it and see that that's exactly how it works, go and outsource it you yeah. know like if it, if it if it makes cash at the back end invest that cash and use it to grow and outsource it but yeah. that can be after two weeks or after two years 
really depending on how fast you go into it. So it's more a function of how quickly you're monetizing, really. You're, you're, you're saying outsource when, once it's just a math problem and you're saying, look, it, it, I can make $5 and then just feed it back in and have someone else do that and it frees me up. I mean, monetize from the first second on. Yeah. Always. You know, like it's it always monetized from the first second on. I strongly believe in that. I'm like, build an audience and start to monetize from the first second on, even if you're not outsourcing. You know, like outsourcing comes later, but always try to monetize from the first second on. It's like when you open a bar, you know, like, and you wouldn't just get like, you say, okay, I want to have 50 people in that bar. But you not start serving beer after once 50 people are in, you know, like you start serving fucking beer once the first person is in there. So start to monetize from the first second on. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, awesome. Yeah. And I, I will just share a personal story here. So I as of two episodes ago, so previous to this, I'd been doing all my own production work. And that's like five hours per episode, just given the format that I chose uh, with my show. And I finally now have a guy in Macedonia, you know, $12 mm -hmm. an hour. He's amazing. Marco is doing an incredible job. Shout out to Marco if you're listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this now frees me. It gives me five hours of my week back. And yeah. it allows me to go focus and actually do what I enjoy doing, which yeah. is this part. Right. Right. So, yeah. It helps. It's, yeah. It makes so much sense, right? It's yeah. um, it's about it, it's exactly what what's all about. It's work smart instead of hard. Obviously, we always work hard. That's, there yeah. is no shortcut. But <laughs> I'm um, just assuming that that's yeah. going to always be there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's leverage. Um, can you talk about? Okay, so you have four different courses. It looks like from your website: the Traffic Secrets Academy, the Facebook Traffic Secrets, uh, Rocket on Instagram, and then Automation through Messenger Marketing. Right. What? So I think I understand what the Traffic Secrets Academy is. Mm -hmm. That sounds like kind of the... That's like the whole thing, yeah. including including uh, the uh, hands-on coaching, uh, group coaching once a week. Mm -hmm. um, then the Facebook Traffic Secrets is just like literally the online courses um, with all the updates and uh, everything that goes along with. We have a special, special one, which is really new now about Instagram. Um, that's why made by my uh, lovely fiance Lisa. It's only available in German at the moment. English version is coming in the next two to three months. And uh, then this uh, automation through messenger marketing is a little separate course, which is obviously part of the other courses as well, but you can have it separately. Yeah, cool. Y you just made me think of with the German thing. Uh, can you talk about how you pre-sold it and then you went back and you said like, hey guys, sorry, it's only available <laughs> in German. And you had like no attrition. Everyone wants to wait for it. So yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's about doing market research, right? So we, we love to have not even an MVP product. So, uh, we, we love to sell a product without having it and putting in front of an audience pre not faking it, but kind of like pretend to have a product and say, we have a product here using social media, our target audiences and, and be like, hey, you want to buy it? Um, we give you 90% discount and put you on a waiting list. It's available in two months. And then a lot of people jump on that. You know, like if you can have a course uh, for $90 instead of five, $600, you could be like, especially once you have a little bit of reputation and people know that you do cool shit. So they're like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's a chance. I take that. So um, we put that stuff in front of social media uh, of our audiences and pretend to have it and then get the feedback out of it. In this specific case uh, for the Instagram course, it wasn't even that much the goal to do a massive market research we wanted to do a market research but it was just more like hmm, let's see how good it sells yeah. right let's see if there is a need for it. because we're not the only ones who are doing instagram courses right sure. it's like okay let, let's see how good that works right and so we, we did that pre-sale and then figured out that in lisa's audience there was like 80 percent germans who bought that course and we always talked about to produce that course usually we produce in english and then german afterwards yeah. so and then it was like 80 percent of german buyers that were like oh, maybe we should put that in front of the German audience and yeah. putting it in German and then um, putting it out later for the uh, English ones. Yeah, you learned I, a lot from it. I think it's so spot on what you guys do, doing it that way versus sending out a survey because yeah. everyone says, oh, yeah, I would buy it. You yeah. know, but until you're actually pressing the buy button and exactly. thinking you're buying yeah. it, you're not getting accurate data. Right? <laughs> exactly. That's great, man. That's very true. Awesome. Okay, let me ask this question. Is there anyone for whom social media doesn't work? Have you seen companies just fail and just recommend, you know what, social media is not for you, you're 
government or I don't know, like what, what's an example of an organization for whom it doesn't work? I mean, there are still big companies who are not using social media for their advantage. Lucky us, because once they're on, the prices will go massively up. You know, like yeah. if uh, Coca-Cola or so goes on Facebook, then we are all fucked because ad prices will be massively up if a, if a company like this comes in and put millions or billions on and stuff like that. Um, I strongly believe that it doesn't matter if you are the local bakery down the road or a multi-billion dollar company, you have to have a social media appearance these days. There is no way to avoid that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen anyone who, I mean, I see a lot of people who failed with social media because doing it wrong, um, but to have a proper social media strategy these days, and it's still it's still new to a lot of people, you know, like it's, 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 it's a very, very early stage we're in. Um, even if like, yeah, the good times with the ads are over, you know, like you can't be one of the early adopters anymore, um, people made their money out of it, but it's still, it's it's like so super cheap to go on social media these days and have a proper social media appearance. That's why I'm like, oh, you have to have a proper LinkedIn profile. You have to have, depending on your business, but mostly like an Instagram account, which kind of like is this social proof. And then you have to have a Facebook, which proves you as well. And it doesn't matter who you are. I believe everyone needs to have it. Cool. Yeah. And those ones that flopped, that did it wrong, what did they do that would you attribute that failure to? I mean, it's very, you know, like it's, it's very tempting to go to do stuff wrong by um, putting out the wrong messages. Um, the one of the most pro we're getting very emotional about that, you know, like and the problem is um, when we and I, I'm talking about my own experience, you know, like when when we had um, in the years ago and we advertised and we used um, like TV and, and newspapers and cinemas for all for our advertisement, it was a it was a very logical process in the back where we were like, OK, now we do this advertisement. But these days I can be in an angry mo mood and grab my phone and tell two million people that I fucking hate all of them because I was just fucked up by whatever it was, you know, like yeah. as it stays there, you know, like you can go, if you get a shit storm, yeah. it can destroy your whole business. Yeah. And we see stuff like that going viral, that whole brands and celebrities, you know, like are gonna take them down just be because it goes so viral on social. So I think it's, you have to be, only the, the, the smart ones survive on it. Yeah. 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 I know Domino's had some big yeah. incident. I don't remember exactly yeah. what it was. It was something, yeah. but yeah. So yeah. it's when it because it's not their website or something they control. It's yeah. that wildfire gets out of control, and now they can't it's, contain it. And it's, it's a complete different world we're living in. You know, yeah. like and and even like you know, like when 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 stuff like that goes viral, when when for celebrities or so, you know, like and they get like. They get a, f a wrong comment out there, and someone spreads that, and it's kind of, it's kind of taken down a whole brand. You know, like yeah. it's it's completely it, it's a different world we're living in. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to be very aware what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I know there's entire departments at places, you know, monitoring and in design to jump on, like airlines yeah. for some reason come to yeah. mind because I know everyone. It's the first place you go to Twitter or whatever to complain about your yeah. airline treating you wrong. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, look at these days. Um, it's a very good example. Is um, now we are guests here in Lisbon, and we almost every day eat at least once a day. We eat out in all these beautiful restaurants, sometimes bigger, sometimes very local. But almost everyone at the end is like, "Could you please re re review me on TripAdvisor?" Yeah. Because that's what matters, you know. Like, and if your reviews on TripAdvisor, that's social as well, you know, are bad, you, no one goes there. You yeah. know, like everyone checks on that. Everyone checks what's your rating on Facebook, on your business page. You know, like everyone is, but social proof became so important. So yeah. you better make sure you serve your meals right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, and now it's like, uh, I don't know if you've heard about the China citizen score stuff that's going on there where they're taking it to a whole new level. Oh, I heard about that. It's like yeah. completely now like attached to you personally yeah. and your, your TripAdvisor rating is now like on your face basically. Oh yeah, that's but that's the future. And that's what's yeah. going to happen. Well, like I said, we're we're in a very early stage and what they do these days on all these platforms, they collect data. Yeah. They you they at the moment everyone is like checking how do um user interact, you know, like and it's 
it's going to be like extreme and it's going to be exploding, I believe, in a very short amount of time. That's just the very beginning, but everyone will know everything about everyone else. There is no way to avoid that anymore in a few years. It's going to be crazy. Two episodes ago, uh, the previous guy that I interviewed, Miles, we got deep into the Libra conversation, Facebook's cryptocurrency. And given how much Facebook already knows as a platform just about your likes and interests, now marry that up with this ubiquitous like cash, you know, crypto cash that now they control. And they now have full insight all the way to the buying habits. Everything. They know everything about you. And we, we feed them every day with free data by just acting on these platforms, you know, like they know everything. Maybe you have that that moment, you know, like where you're like, since weeks and weeks, you you sleep really bad. And then you're like, fuck, today I'm done with that. I'm going to buy a new mattress. And that's exactly going to be the day when it pops up on your newsfeed is like an advertisement for mattresses, you know, like this is just because you act like so many other people having exact the same problems. You're like, they know everything. About oh, yeah. That. Yeah. Well, just today, funny, funny enough, uh, having a conversation with someone in WhatsApp in Tarifa. Mm-hmm. Tarifa is a, like a very nice kite surfing destination that comes up. And sure enough, on my Facebook, I'm now getting an ad for Tarifa. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's two different, totally different platforms, yeah. granted, owned by the same entity, yeah. but like they've got it to that level now they, where it's They got up. it. They got yeah. it. Put it in on Google. It's going to be on your newsfeed on Facebook, you know, like yeah. searching for hotels there. It's going to be on your newsfeed. It's all overlapping these days. Yeah. Um, all right. The, I want to talk. There was a hack that you brought up that I thought was super interesting um, back on the topic of Facebook and video and whatnot. And it was related to posting a video in your Facebook business page Mm -hmm. but then making it invisible because that then gives you some kind of stats tracking Mm -hmm. can you talk about what that is um by using the advantage of organic growth and not using paid advertisement uh, or just using paid advertisement for a retargeting uh, we still want to collect a lot of data so what we do with our business pages is we record a video about a certain topic or let, let me let me keep it simple. Um, we record an intro video for our group, right? And we post that video on our business page. Mm-hmm. It's a simple video. Hello, how are you? Blah, 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 blah. Um, we post it on our business page. And then once it's uploaded, we hide the video. So first, before we hide it, we take the URL from the video. You know, like just take the URL from the video. And then we hide that video so no one can see it anymore. And then we take that URL and go in our group and post that URL in the group so the video appears again, write the nice post. So what we create now is like in the business manager, we can create a lookalike audience and can see how many people or can target everyone who watched that video for like three seconds. You know, like, so we then smash out to a later point. We smash out an ad where we're saying, um, oh, I know you're in my group. You might be interested to download my free cheat sheet. And it's only going to go out to a few thousand people. It costs you like nothing, but it's super, super high target. You can use exactly the same, the same strategy by a lot of groups have promotion days. You know, like one day in the week where you can do your promotions. So what we do is like we record a nice video, kind of like two minute value bomb where you give a certain hack and we upload it in a business page, take the URL, do it in a group with 100,000 people, smash it in there. It's going to be approved because it's promotion day. And then from there, uh, we track them. We create a lookalike audience in our ad manager. Um, they're in the pixel section and they were like, okay, we want to see every, we want to now target an ad everyone who watched that video for at least three seconds, because then we know you might be interested in our content. So you can not only retarget those people who started to watch it, so you know there's some intent there that they're yeah. interested in it, but it sounds like also with the lookalike audience, that's like this freebie, find me more people like them out there. Sure. So sure. it gives you extra reach yeah. as well. That's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. That's an amazing hack. Cool. Um, all right. Well, I wanted to, well, actually, I want to bring this up because I was looking at your blog and the last blog post you wrote was about Safety Wing and I just interviewed their founder. Oh, really? So Sondra was yeah. just one of my guests okay. on there. So yeah, but no, great service. Yeah. Um, really cool that yeah. they're clearly doing their job right. getting out there and proliferating. They do a very good job. Yeah. yeah. We partnered up with them like a year ago about that. Yeah. yeah. They're cool. great. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Well, so that's a good transition talking about traveling and nomadism. Um, you guys have been all over and it sounds like you really enjoy Asia. Can you talk about some of your travels there? And 
the reason why I love Asia so much is um, I love the easygoing lifestyle. Um, I love I love the people, um, and it's obviously like you get like an amazing living standard for a very low cost. Mm-hmm. That's what kept me in Asia all over the time. <laughs> yeah, I see Bali. You guys, it seems like that's your spot, right? Uh, for now it is, yeah. For yeah. now it is. Uh, it was a. Uh, we have a base in Bali. We have uh, we have a house in Bali. We're there now since almost two years. Um, I used to live in Vietnam before, which was my personal hotspot. Um, but then Lisa didn't like Vietnam, uh, so when we uh, met and decided to do that journey together, she said, "Okay, I'm coming with you, but we're gonna leave Vietnam." I was like, "Okay, let's look for something else." Uh, we ended up in Bali then, and uh, Bali is is beautiful. It has its tricky parts, but it's definitely a beautiful place. It definitely seems to be a nomad hotspot. Like, you hear all about it. How does that work? I'm just curious, business hour-wise, do you deal, like, where does the bulk of your audience live? And is your course such that you can be completely asynchronous with everyone? It's, um, in terms of business, for our audience, it's the worst decision you can make is moving to Asia. Uh, because it's it's literally like it's in the wrong corner of the world. It doesn't it doesn't fit at all, um, which I'm actually realizing now being here even more being here for a month or even longer and obviously working with the same clients. I'm like, wow, that's cool. We don't stay up late nights <laughs> because we have that massive time gap. Um, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. It's yeah. it's probably the the biggest disadvantage of living in Asia. Yeah. Yeah. But you, worth it, given the cost of living and quality. We quality. are in a at the moment in a transition process. Um, we're um, definitely want to considering having a second base here in uh, Europe, especially in Lisbon. Um, I personally would love to come back for a good amount of the year. Lisa is more like, oh, let's stay in Bali. So I have to convince her <laughs> still to come back. Uh, I've been in Asia for six years. And at one point you kind of like, I don't want to say you're done with Asia because I love it, but I would like to reduce my time in Asia and spend more time in Europe. Asia also gives me a hard time in terms of business. It's really, really hard to make things official. Mm. You know, like it's like, that's a, it's a, one of the biggest things is um, in, in Bali specifically, uh, or Indonesia, they do not allow me to pay taxes. So we're we're having a company based in the UK, with, that's where we paid business taxes and everything. But but everything else, it's very hard to make it official in Bali because they the system is just not prepared for people like us. Yeah. And we're growing and growing and growing this company, and I want to have everything official. So I'm like, okay, let's go back to Europe and um, having a second base so we can move back and forth. Asia has its tricky parts, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Is Bali the one? I know Thailand has a like a nomad visa. I don't know yeah. if Bali has the same not, thing. Not yet. Not yet. No. Thailand has one, but Bali is kind of like in the process of, of getting there. I believe like in the next five years it might happen. Yeah. But it's still like, yeah. It's one of the corruptest places in the world, you know? Like, so people living off all that money people pay to not getting in troubles, yeah. including us. And yeah. so there is not a massive effort for them to change that. I just learned something interesting. This is a complete random aside, but as an American, apparently, if I'm in that scenario and I get essentially extorted, and you know they said, "Hey, you need to pay this bribe," yeah, me paying it actually constitutes a crime. I found out. Oh, so it's kind of a rock and a hard place. It's like whose laws do you yeah. break there? You know, it's interesting. That's cool. cool. It's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, interesting is a good word for it. <laughs> it's a tough spot, yeah. but yeah. Um, well, so where? Where, where, where do you see this business going? Where, where do you guys want to take it? What, what does the future look like? Um, for Homeless and Happy, yeah. specifically, um, I want to take it to a point where it becomes very sustainable. I believe like sustainability is the biggest thing I want to reach. Um, and then I want to bring it to a point where I can say we're not aiming for more revenue, but for less working hours. Because that's why I chose that lifestyle. Yeah. And we're like in with with this specific company, we're in year two. Year one, the first year was amazing. Um, so we, as a startup, we were really happy. We went really cool through the first year. 
Um, but year two now is even more kind of like an up and down journey. So like I said, for me, sustainability is the most important thing. And then uh, having a certain amount of revenue on a sustainable base. So I reduce my work hours and then I'm kind of like set up for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously it's going to be like um, I want to grow it to a kind of like a medium sized company. And um, hopefully that's the one. We stick to do, it. Do you intend to have like a, a full-time team or use contractors or how do you envision? Um, we have, a, we have a, a, a little amount of people working on contract with us. Um, mm -hmm. So they're like fixed employees. And then we have a lot of freelancers depending on projects. Cool. So one of our biggest uh, benefits we have, we have a massive network. We're really, really good um, place in that whole thing. So we know so many people and they know so many people. So the, whatever comes along the way, we know someone who gets the job done. And I like that because it's an unstable thing usually. So we're working from project to project. And we're like, okay, we need to get that done. I know this guy's gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can burst, the ability to burst up and down. Exactly. And it sounds like you already had, or at least in the, in the workshop the other day, you shared the story of, you know, being on the beach and getting that cha-ching on your phone where you get a $1,000 course that just it sold. Happens. It yeah. happens. It happens. That's great. <laughs> it happens. Um, it's, it's not, I, I don't want to say it's usual. Uh, it's not it's not what happens every day, but it happens more and more. Yeah, that yeah. that's it's, a, it's all about building trust, right? Uh, building your audience, building trust. So that literally like people are like, even even when it happens and then you check your phone and you look who is the buyer, um, you're usually, uh, oh, there is a certain, there's kind of a connection. You have like a story because he probably was once in contact with us and then went in and out of the community till they decide, oh, cool, now it's time to invest. I want to buy that course, you know, like yeah. um, we're not on a stage where people just buy because we have such a massive brand. We're like, oh, you need to have that course. Yeah. That's kind of like where I want to go. Yeah. yeah. But it happens every now and then. And it's a cool feeling. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, I think well, that's a good place to wrap up this part of the interview. Uh, as I mentioned, we go into this tactical uh, rapid fire section. I call it the breakdown. So are you ready for the breakdown? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Man. Breakdown, baby. All right. What is one book that has profoundly affected you? Um, I'm a badass at making money by Chen Sincero completely changed my life absolutely okay. money mindset yeah I read cool. a few books about money mindset but she nailed it down and since then cool. I have yeah complete different relationship to money which I think is really important because everyone worries about money right it's at the end of the day it's about how much cash you get in and yeah she changed everything like like a year ago Nice. Yeah. And did that have a noticeable impact? Did, once you read that book and the mindset shifted, did you actually see things happening differently? Yeah, nice. definitely. Absolutely. I mean, there are many other books. Um, I love to read books or I mostly listen to books, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, I love Audible, but there are my, like, there's a big picture. Many books changed a lot of things. Um, but every time I get that question quite often, as she's the first one who pops up, I was like, that was a change. Cool. I'll check it out. I've never even heard of that one. Uh, what about what is one tool or hack that you use to save time or money or headaches? And you already mentioned Audible, so like that's yeah. one way to read a book <laughs> yeah. with saving time. <laughs> exactly. So here's what I try to do. I'm not getting it down to perfection, but what I the first thing, I try to have a routine. Mornings are really important to me. So, you know, like um, going up, I get my coffee, I meditate. I do some morning stretches or whatever. And... Then the first thing I do is I do a task which gets me revenue. So I have a I have a daily goal. I'm like, okay, this is the amount of money I want to make today, and I go and do that. Once that's done, I can enjoy my day. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, the first task I do in the morning. But depending on business, should be something which gives me money. And even if it's just dialing numbers and doing a retargeting and say, look, are you ready to? go on that course, whatever, you yeah. know, yeah. Yeah, so that checks that box and you feel... Checks that box and I feel relaxed and that really saves me a lot of headaches and a lot of... And I'm, like I said, I'm not achieving that every day, yeah. but, um, yeah, it gets it gets, it gets gets me to a point where I can then say, okay, cool, yeah. got it done today. And that doesn't mean that I stop working because there is a lot of... I love to build, I love to create and all that stuff, obviously, but then I can tick that box and we're good. 
That's cool. Yeah. On the meditation topic, what uh, any particular form of meditation that you practice, or how do you do it? Um, I've been introduced to meditation actually not that long ago. Um, Bali was a game changer two years ago, obviously, and I kind of like for me meditation is what I try to do. I try to remove everything in my head, so there is nothing because my head is like a train station and it it's like constantly I, I can't stop thinking that's really like I'm, I'm struggling with that I can't stop thinking so when I meditate I try that's my main goal not to think about anything I'm not meditating about any stuff you know like like yeah. a lot of people do it's I kind of like figured out my I tried all this apps and I actually had a coach and she introduced me to new meditation techniques and it's all cool and breathing and everything I just sit there and I kind of like imagine that every thought who pops in my head, I like try to remove that. And every time when it pops up, it's like, go away. Go till there is nothing. And there's like emptiness. And I've, that's the greatest feeling for me. <laughs> <laughs> and even if it's just like two seconds, it's like, wow, that was cool. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> it's funny. I've heard it described as a bath for your mind. I do meditation mm -hmm. as well. Um, I've tried Headspace. I'm currently doing Sam Harris Waking Up, yeah. which is an app for it. Uh, but also, yeah, just sometimes just sit there. And, yeah, and, just... Uh, I'm not so much actively trying to push away stuff as much as let it kind of like a fish swim by and acknowledge it and then let it just okay. keep swimming yeah. by, you know? Okay, so that's, interesting. Uh, but everyone, yeah. I think ultimately it really doesn't matter. It's what works yeah. for you, right? Like, exactly. Yeah, I think everyone is super different. And as, as you said, you have to figure out what works best for you. Um, I really try, not just with meditation, with everything. I love to try new things. And when I see, oh, that works, cool. Yeah. I want to master it and getting better at Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Uh, what about what is one piece of music that speaks to you lately? Or an artist, a musical artist or a song? Or... Should, I, should, I, should I tell you my <laughs> deepest secret? <laughs> If it's Katy Perry, then no. <laughs> <laughs> no that, I mean, my, my close friends, they know. And when someone asks, I'm not afraid to talk about it, but I really, really love country. I don't country know music, right? Yeah, I love country music. That's what is all. 90% of my day, I listen to country music. Cool. I just touch my heart. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's just a podcast, so you don't have a picture. Look at me. Yeah, <laughs> your like, heart's beating. I, mean, like, I definitely don't look like the guy who listens to country. <laughs> Not at all, but I'd be very real and uh, raw and honest. I love country music. Cool. Yeah. What, what, anything particular about it that speaks to you or what? I just love, you know, like because they're telling stories. You know, like they, they, country music tells a lot of stories and it kind of like gives me goosebumps or makes me emotional. And I love when something touches my heart. And even if it's just like this guy ta talking about how he lost his girl after the fifth bottle of whiskey. It's just, it's just like, what the fuck? That's cool, man. I love it. <laughs> awesome, man. Is there any particular country artist or any any anyone um, that comes to mind? Not specifically. Um, I, I really like, I like a lot. I like a lot. Um, um, the big range. I'm mostly more like into the old school stuff. Um, I mean, I also love, you know, like I love jazz, blues, rock and all that. I'm definitely, I'm not into electronic music at all. I never ever listened to electronic or so. Um, even if I was running one of the, the biggest uh, DJ shops in, <laughs> in Switzerland uh, by the time, but I never, never was really like, uh, I go to a, every now and then I go to electronic parties uh, with friends or so, but that's it. So everything else is literally like very broad. And as long as it, there is a guitar, there is a drum, there is a singer, I'm on it. Cool. Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, all right. So this one is maybe a bit of a curveball, but what important truth do very few people agree with you on? What a lot of people don't agree with, but I know it is the true is like the way look, look, Again, we don't have a picture here, but as you know, like I still dress exactly the same way as I did when I was 18. And I, I, was, I was riding skateboards. And it doesn't matter if I go and sell you a pen or a $100,000 project, this is how I show up. And people are like, you can't do that, bro. You gotta, you know, like you gotta get your shit together and grow up. And I'm like, no, I'm done. This is kind of like, you know, like I'm, I'm so strong, believe, I believe so strong in being just 100% myself. And I don't care about what other people think. 
um, I do in certain ways. I, I do what care what other people think about my behavings, but not about the way Your image, I, I, yeah. an image. That's me. That's just one hundred percent me. And even if I ever will reach like to the stars and become like the next whatever. I'm gonna be 100% myself. I'm not yeah. changing. I I can't give you the biggest high five enough to, the, <laughs> to, the, to that man. I'm, I wear the same cargo shorts I think I've had for about 12 <laughs> right. years, and I get shit to no end. <laughs> but yeah, no. Here's here's the keeping just being real to yourself. Just being and, real, right? Yeah. Cool. 100%. All right. One last question here. What if you had a time machine to go back to your 20 year old self? What one piece of advice would you give yourself? Um rock even harder just go all in you know like I, I always went all in but if I could go back I was like bro just go even more <laughs> keep fucking running till you die it's because it's crazy best time ever nice. yeah Man, I, I think that's a perfect way to end um, so Ollie where where can we send people how can they get a hold of you or if they want to learn more about the course um, where, where do they go? I'd say the simplest way is like homelessandhappy.com yeah, that's the website. Um, it's homeless n happy, not and happy, <laughs> n happy dot com. There you're going to find everything. You're going to find our social media channels, all our freebies, courses, whatever you're. If you have a substantial social media following and consider yourself a micro influencer in the digital nomad space, I invite you to check out a program I'm in the early stages of rolling out. I call it the advocate program for nomad podcast and nomad prep. It's a multi-level affiliate program that enables you to monetize the social media following you've built by referring my course to your followers. You can earn commission on both students you originate directly as well as students who come in via the advocates you originate, essentially a downline, and all through simply introducing your following of aspiring nomads to a course that can help them more confidently make the leap. I'm in the process of selecting a small group of early advocates who I'll be working with closely to refine this program and make it effective. In exchange for early participation, those influencers will be grandfathered in at the highest level of commission that will ever be offered in this program. To learn more about the program and the referral numbers necessary to generate a four-figure monthly side income, visit nomadprep.com advocates and apply today. That URL again is nomadprep.com advocates. Help aspiring nomads make the leap and get paid for doing so. You've been listening to the Nomad Podcast. For links to all the resources mentioned in this episode, transcripts, show notes, photos, and more, visit nomadpodcast.com. Nomad Podcast is supported in part by Nomad Prep, an online academy to help aspiring digital nomads make a successful transition. Take the first four days free by visiting nomadprep.com forward slash podcast.